Welcome back, all of you gorgeous people, to Spicier Than Therapy, the podcast where we talk about polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, kink, neurodiversity, communication, and all of the wonderful things that we think go into making a healthy, loving relationship. Hey, hey, twin, what are we going to do today? The same thing we do every day, my love. Try to take over the interwebs. You know, I feel like at this point, we have already taken over the interwebs, you know, to a very small degree, but like it's ours now. We own it. But welcome to the very first podcast episode of 2023. Happiest of New Year's to everyone. Though by the time you hear this episode, it'll be February because we're recording this episode coming to you from the past in January. That's right. Our Christmas holiday season was hectic, would probably be the kindest way to put that. It was very hectic. We did a bunch of traveling and we did a whole bunch of family stuff and social stuff. And, you know, we didn't shed as much blood as we probably expected to, but it was it was kind of an up and down holiday season for us. But it wasn't all bad things either. Um, we got to do some really cool shit. I got to meet, for the very first time, one of Twin's friends, Mecca, who is a burlesque performer in North Carolina. And I don't know how they don't have their own show already. I would watch any show that Mecca put out, like whether it was a YouTube show, a podcast, TikTok videos. Well, she will inevitably be joining us for one of these podcast episodes before the end of the year. I'm going to make it happen. Mecca, I'm coming for you. Well, I mean, she already owns you all, so we're coming for you anyways. But <laughs> welcome into this uh, episode. I hope everyone has had a really dope-ass year so far. Um, today on this episode, we're going to be talking about some fun things that we have coming up for this year, uh, some really cool events and some interviews. And at least one of the things we're going to talk about, we'll have already done by the time you heard about this, but then we'll have episodes following about all the cool and dope shit that we did. Yeah, we got Teaser Fest next week, and I'm so excited. Yes, Teaser Fest is a big one. And Twin, for the folks that are listening to us that aren't from New Orleans or don't actively live in the world of burlesque, what is Teaser Fest? So Teaser Fest is a burlesque festival put on by El Dorado, and I freaking love her, here in New Orleans. It is the only New Orleans festival that matters, by the way. Not that I have strong feelings or anything. It's fine. But it is going to be, and I can confidently say it will have been uh, by the time you're listening to this, it is going to be just absolutely glorious i mean we have some internationally acclaimed top ranked performers coming into town just to shake their tassels for the city of new orleans and i'm so stoked yeah i'm gonna have my dollar bills ready for that and twin's gonna be doing some stuff at teaser fest as will i actually i get to help out and like you know hold stuff but i'm also uh doing some stuff with one of the hotels in the area so that's going to be a lot of fun and you know if you follow us on our socials and really this is a plug for me anyways to follow us on our other social media platforms so that when we're at these events when we're doing shows when we're doing conferences you get to watch us in real time and we'll talk about it later on the podcast but you get to actually watch us participate 
in a lot of these activities while we're there and it's so much fun the energy is great and i can't wait to see some of these burlesque performers who i've never had the opportunity to meet yet yeah i'm thrilled because i know for example i am seeing le camerons they are coming on sunday and i probably butchered that pronunciation i'm sorry y'all um and then nadi and zussi are coming down from minneapolis and i got to meet them when i performed at the minneapolis burlesque performer or burlesque festival up there and so like i've got a lot of people coming into town that for me i've had primarily probably just like parasocial relationships and now i'm gonna finally get to see them in person for the first time or for you know maybe like the second time and i'm so excited because everybody is so sweet um and i i will probably when we record our follow-up episode detailing how the, the festival actually went y'all are going to be just so sick of me gushing over everybody it's it's going to be disgusting and beautiful and amazing and you're going to love it but also probably be very sick of my face that is something that could never happen nobody's going to get sick of your face i almost look at teaser fest almost like our warm-up for the burlesque call of fame later on this year which we're also going to um because that's going to be bigger i think than teaser fast a lot more people at it oh for sure i mean behoff is an experience it is not just a festival it is an experience that is where performers from around the world come together to uh see each other to learn from each other to you know, interact and, you know, more importantly, to show love and appreciation for our legends who came before us and paved the way for us to even do these festivals. Um, so it's, it's going to be absolutely incredible, but this will probably be one of the, if not the closest, closest experience you'll have had. Uh, well, we will have had to something akin to be off, but yeah, this is, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like I'm looking at the lineups now and I'm just shivering with anticipation i get that reference so thank you frank converter but yeah this is kind of like the proving ground for me as a burly hubby to get ready for the exhaustion that's going to be behoff in las vegas in june june right mm -hmm. june june um so yeah and i have to do far less at this teaser fest than i'm gonna have to do uh at the behoff in june so yeah this is kind of proving grounds for us but what are some other things that have happened since we dropped that last holiday special? Well, speaking for from here now in the middle of January, but also from the past, um, we got to spend Christmas with my family, which was both a good. It was a little this year was definitely less than ideal for a variety of reasons that I won't get into just because that's personal family stuff. But um it was definitely a harder year for us and for my family. Um, but it was one that I was actually in a very twisted kind of way, very grateful for because, you know, you tier really helped me sort of survive <laughs> and navigate this holiday season better than I might otherwise have. Probably the weirdest part for me, as far as all that went that I don't mind talking about and we'll probably get into in a later episode is this was the year that um, I found myself accidentally on purpose, the pseudo matriarch of my family. Um, because again, for a variety of reasons I won't get into, like my grandmother who is 
the matriarch of at least my portion of the family, right? Um, needed just a little breathing room. And I was more than happy to provide that. And I loved being able to do that for her. And that was really very meaningful for me to get to help take care of my grandmother like that. Um, but the fact that everybody just kind of fell into line and corroborated that I was the matriarch and just didn't even question it, it was so strange to me. And it was a very interesting feeling. And it's one that I'm still working on with my therapist. Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch from my perspective. Again, I come from, at least on my mom's side of the family, a very old school Southern family, right? Where the leader of the family is very matriarchal. Um, and so watching you kind of step into that role unintentionally on purpose was super, super interesting for me to watch. And you did it really well. And I'm very proud of you. And one of the things that you had said, I think is a good point to make, we talk about relationships a lot here. I mean, it's one of the main things that our podcast is about. It's in our little spiel at the beginning, right? And specifically during holiday times, as families go and visit, or as couples go and visit their families and things like that, your partner or partners are your support system. They are your structure to survive some of those less than pleasant and less than healthy family encounters. And I'm just happy that I was able to do that for you. You've done that for me on a number of occasions where we have to go interact with uh, family members or we have to go do a thing that I don't really enjoy. And so having that partner in your corner to support you through some of those things, both good and bad, is very, very important in my opinion. And, you know, we talk about communication here uh, in a polyamorous sense and in BDSM and kink, obviously super important, but really the support system that a partner can provide even outside of communication is something that I don't think we can stress the importance of enough. It's very, very important. Aww, I love you too. Thanks, Steve. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into all of that in a later episode when I've got a little bit more bandwidth and I've kind of chewed on that with my therapist a little bit better. Um, which brings me to what do we have coming down the pipeline, babe? Well, first up in the podcast arena, we're going to be continuing our Before Care series that we kind of started at the end of last year. And then the holidays kind of got in the way, as holidays do, because Thanksgiving and Christmas were, like we said, very, very busy for us. Um, so we'll be going more into that. And as a reminder, before care, we're talking about it in the kink and BDSM world, but also in just general relationships, you know, how to get your partner into the mood, both from a regular relationship perspective and sometimes from a neurodiverse perspective. Exactly. And then beyond that, you know, if it wasn't enough of a hint with us talking about going to Behoff, we're going to be continuing on with all of our adventures at the various cons that we're going to be going to this year, as well as just our general trips and shenanigans. And accompanying that, and I'm very excited to say this, we will officially, finally, be dropping our YouTube channel. Yeah, like for those of you that have been following us, we've had a YouTube channel for a couple of months now, but we haven't posted anything on it. We've been kind of deciding what we wanted to do, editing some of the videos. By the time you hear this, 
our YouTube will be live. So you can find us at Spicier Than Therapy. So go to YouTube, type in Spicier Than Therapy. You can see some of our behind the scenes things like we're filming this. You'll see these episodes on YouTube, as well as some new content that is specifically just for YouTube. Yeah, because you know how we were talking about that cute little festival we're going to next week? Um, there might be some uh, very special content, and I don't know why I'm doing this voice. What do I do? Anyway, <laughs> I'm leaving all this in. It's fine. Fuck it. You guys, this is how fucking weird I get when I talk and I'm looking at the beautiful pictures of all my beautiful friends that are coming down. So all that to say, there will be special burlesque-only content available on YouTube that will specifically be there on youtube how many times can i say specifically in one sentence i feel like you should also say youtube again just for like the 47th time so specifically and youtube you should specifically look up spicier than therapy on youtube yeah well and that's actually a piece of feedback that we've gotten from a lot of our listeners not only here on the podcast but also on our instagram and our tiktok they like having different avenues to find us, right? Because most people see our TikTok bullshit. Some people see our Instagram shit. A lot of people see the podcast. Thank you very much. And so they've been asking for more long-form stuff, right? Because TikTok, we post, you know, shorter videos, clips, things like that. With YouTube, we can go full-ass in-depth like we do here on the podcast. But you can see us. You can stare into our eyes. You can watch us slowly take off our clothes. No, we're not going to take off our clothes. I won't anyways. Twin mind. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But we want to give you and bring you the type of content that you enjoy. So if you haven't already given us feedback, either on spicertherapy at gmail.com or the Discord, then fucking do that. Because we take your feedback and we modify some of our stuff to give you what you... We don't give you what you want. We get give you what you deserve. It's fine. It's fine. I was wondering where you were going to figure that in there. It's funny, too, because I was doing a live on TikTok earlier today, and I was talking to people about how you and I met on TikTok, and we just wanted to have it be a weekend hookup. And then we're like, oh, shit, we love each other. It's a whole ass relationship. And someone made the content. TikTok didn't give you what you wanted. It gave you what you deserved. And I'm like, oh, they used my own line against me. <laughs> Well, and it's even better because my TikTok was all lesbians and we straight up U-hauled. So, but yeah, so with all that said, that's that's our year coming up, you guys. It's going to be amazing and exciting and thrilling. So stay tuned. But with all of that said, um, what do we want to talk about today? You know, the one thing that I kind of want to talk about, because it's been a very big topic of conversation on the socials in the last couple of weeks because of all the bullshit happening all around the interwebs, is cheating in ethical non-monogamy. Why it sucks and why it's not actually ethically non-monogamous if you're cheating. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of defeating the purpose of being in an ethically non-monogamous relationship if you're still going to violate that whole ethical thing uh y'all half the fun and benefit of being in a non-monogamous and ethically non-monogamous relationship is the open honest transparency you don't have to cheat anymore you you have no excuse for cheating anymore more importantly yeah, and this is one of those things where, like, we've seen it happen a bunch, and we've had, you know, friends of ours reach out to us to kind of, like, give us their take on these situations, 
And I never understood it. So people who identify as ethically non-monogamous or poly, and they're out there being kind of like subversive in the way that they communicate with their partners, they're not out there, you know, being open and honest and transparent, like you said, because again, that benefit, like it, it, you get the benefit of showing and expressing love and affection to whomever you choose in a way that's healthy for everybody involved. So like we had um, an example come up that was brought to us about someone who was ethically non-monogamous and was seen, you know, supposedly ethically non-monogamous and seen multiple people, has multiple partners, which is great, which is fine, which is allowed, but then was lying or omitting parts of their relationship, seriousness of their relationship, or the length of their relationship to all their other partners. That is 100% cheating. Exactly. Like, why go... I mean, there's there's so many questions I could ask here. There's so many statements I want to point out, right? Like, why go to the trouble of telling your partners, hey, I'm Polly, and then lying and cheating to them? What's the fucking point? Why would you do that? Because you are in a relationship. You are getting into a relationship with somebody who ostensibly would be okay with you having other partners. So why lie? about doing that. I, I just don't understand that. That comes from such a deep-rooted insecurity and narcissism that I just cannot wrap my head around. Right. Like, if you want to be a slut, be a slut. We're all about it here. But be an ethical slut. And don't call yourself polyamorous or ethically non-monogamous if you're not going to support the ethical part of it. You know, you're allowed in ethically non-monogamous relationships to have multiple partners. You're allowed to go out and have, you know, other girlfriends, boyfriends, they friends, or just sexual partners without it being a problem as long as it's communicated well. And I think the point that you just made, Twin, about that sort of lying and cheating in ethical non-monogamy is indicative of someone that has some so severe self-confidence issues and some narcissistic uh, tendencies that they need to work through. And, you know, we say it all the time, polyamory is not easy. You know, if you've ever been in a relationship, even a monogamous relationship, they're difficult, right? They take work. It takes collaboration and communication. Now, add the complexity of multiple relationships. You need to be supremely comfortable with who you are what you bring to the table and all of those things to start entering into ethically non-monogamous relationships. If you haven't done that work, or if you're not on your journey of doing that work, it's not for you. It's 100% not for you. All you will end up doing is hurting other people. Exactly. I mean, you know, we hear it all the time. Like we hear it all the time in comments and in videos and in questions. And when we talk to people, it's the age-old story. Well, my partner used Polly as an excuse to cheat. Yeah, it happens a lot. And it's really unfortunate because every time I hear of somebody doing that or I hear of another person getting caught up in that, it's just like, what the fuck? Why? You're making us look bad, my dude. Like, you know, how can you go out there on platforms like TikTok and say that, oh, yeah, I'm Polly, and oh, yeah, I'm this big, bad, dom figure. But you can't even control your own behavior enough to be honest with yourself 
and your partners. So like, why, why, you know, and I, I, obviously we're not talking about anybody specifically because we hear about this all the time, but you know, why are we still hearing about this? What is going through your mind as somebody who is polyamorous, who claims to be polyamorous, I should say, and who would go out of their way because you are at that point going out of your way to lie to your partner your nesting partners, your playtime partners, whatever, especially, especially when you are taking part in behavior that could potentially put somebody at medical risk. Well, you know, we, we hear about stories of people who go from partner to partner to partner without telling any of them about each other or telling them half stories about each other. And not using protection, not getting tested, not ensuring that the partners are tested. Like, what level of insecure, arrogant, narcissistic audacity must you contain within yourself to say, nah, I'm not worried about your health and well-being. I don't care. What does it matter? Because not only are you disregarding your partners at that point, you are disregarding yourself. And I think some of it is actually fear-based as well. And I think it stems from a place of cowardice. You know, some of the examples that have been brought to us recently are about people, yeah, there's definitely that narcissistic tendency, but also they just didn't want to have those types of hard, those are legitimately hard, conversations with any of their partners. And to me, that's a level of fear and cowardice that I just cannot respect. Like, and I'm not talking about people making mistakes, right? We all make mistakes. We all mess up. Hopefully, we learn from those mistakes. We do better. We grow. We move forward, right? I'm talking about the people that make this a pattern of behavior to avoid the difficult conversations and, you know, avoid those uncomfortable feelings both within themselves and within their partners. That's just sheer cowardice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we just recorded earlier today um, a video that Decolonizing Love put out, which we love their account. If y'all are listening, hello, hi, we adore you. But, you know, we we just watched this video and we made our own videos in response to it about like, what do you and your partner think can uh, consider cheating? Thank you, honey. What do you consider cheating? And Tira and I were pretty much on board, had the same answers for everything. And everything that they listed in that video could absolutely be considered cheating. The only thing I think that we gave a little grace to was if you kiss somebody before clearing it with your partner, right? And, you know, I know for myself personally, I could absolutely see situations where I would 100% consider that cheating. But I could also see situations where I wouldn't, you know, if, for example, Tyr or myself were to go out, have a little something, something, be a little under whatever influence and kiss somebody because we got caught up in happy puppy feelings. Yeah, you know what? I, am I going to be thrilled about it? No, probably not. Am I going to put that on the same level as my partner actively going out and sleeping with somebody without telling me? No, absolutely not. 
Well, and really a lot of it too is dynamic dependent mm -hmm. because what's something that you and I might consider cheating in our polydynamic may not be cheating in somebody else's, right? Because again, just like kink, ethical non-monogamy is very, very customizable to the people that are part of that relationship or relationships. So it's one of those things where those lines are going to change. And this is why you need to have those conversations with people because your limits are going to be different than our limits, right? And so even when we were watching that video and reacting to what is or what isn't cheating, not every poly relationship has to have like a component where you have to clear it with your partner first to go out and do shenanigans. Now, intentionally lying about it or withholding that information or omitting facts could be like, and I will say that that's probably the majority of ethical non-monogamous relationships. That's probably going to be an issue. Uh, and, and it was one of those things that we were talking about after we filmed the video. If you are intentionally subverting your partner's attention away from the fact of whatever it is you did, I'm always, I'm almost always going to consider that cheating. If you have to lie or mislead, that defeats the purpose of ethical non-monogamy. Absolutely. And something that I thought that was really clever about the questions that they were asking in that video, that I tip my hat to them because they included questions and I would have to go back to listen to it to like say it exactly how they did. But they included questions that I feel like even monogamous couples would hesitate to say or is or isn't cheating. Like, you know, and I'll paraphrase here real quick. There was one specifically about, um, would you consider it cheating if your partner made a financial decision that, you know, could damage both of you or could damage you if you were financially entangled with them, right? So like, for example, if Tyr, who we share a business account and we share money and we have, you know, checking accounts and et cetera together, right? If he were to go out and spend a bazillion dollars on a fancy new house or bike or whatever, you know, without approval, would you consider that cheating? And for myself, and I know for Tier as well, yeah, absolutely, 100%. But I feel like a lot of people in their own relationships who haven't done like that deep introspective work may not consider that actually cheating. I feel like they intentionally chose questions that they knew the ethically non-monogamous community was going to disagree with, which I think is a brilliant strategy, right? Because it gives you some more insight into how different poly couples structure their relationships. Because there's no one right or wrong way, except for if you're lying, that's 100% the wrong way. And so like what you just mentioned, Twin, it made me think about those fucking car commercials at the holiday season where like the partner comes home and they bought you a new car and they've got a big red bow on it and they just drive it up and like the, the partner walks out. I would be fucking furious if one of the two of us did that. Like you went out and took on $50,000 worth of debt to buy this Lexus or BMW or whatever the fuck the commercials they do. And you didn't even discuss it with me. Absolutely not. Right. I feel like the only way either of us would be okay with that, and I'm going to say okay very loosely, is if it was a situation where it was like, no, baby, I paid cash. Like, this is done, paid for, good. But even then, yeah. that's a major investment 
And not only are you talking like the major investment to purchase that thing, now there's maintenance cost involved. Oof. Right. But even if you paid cash, like I have paid cash for one non-motorcycle vehicle in my lifetime, right? The rest I've financed or leased or whatever. That's still 40 to 50K in cash going out of your account. Now, I will say the exception, some of the couples that have separate finances, right? Completely separate finances. One's finances don't affect the others. And you want to buy it out of your own money? All right, go ahead. Go do your thing. Because like, not only do we have shared finances, we still have separate finances too. Mm -hmm. Because we've both had those relationships and marriages in the past where things just went south if everything was shared. Plus, you want to be able to surprise your partner buying them stuff. Like if you want to surprise me, twin, with a $20,000 motorcycle that you bought in cash out of your own account that's not our shared account, be my guest. Go for it. But like, even if you pay in cash, that's coming out of a shared account. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, we're, we're harping on, right. But like, ultimately it just comes down to why lie, why go to the trouble? And this is something that I don't mind talking about a little bit is like, we've had this conversation with many peaks about what, what was the benefit of lying, you know, and granted as somebody who is super neurodivergent, I understand that like that impulse control sometimes is not always there. Your neurodiversity is not an excuse for bad decisions. You still have to accept the consequences of those decisions. And this is something that we're working with, with mini peaks of like, why, like, I understand the impulse control issue, right? Like the impulse to do the thing regardless of the consequences, because you may not think of the consequences, right? That doesn't mean that you are free from those consequences. You, you still have to deal with those, whatever they may be. So if you're going to lie to a partner about another partner, why? Like what, what part of your, which brain cell decided to take a vacation long enough for you to think that that trade-off was going to be worth it? That's a great point. And, you know, I was, it's funny, I was going to ask the question for the podcast listeners, like, what are some examples of things that would not be considered cheating in ethical non-monogamy, but would be in monogamy? And I, I think there are some blatantly obvious ones. But as you were talking, I was thinking about one of the questions they asked on that video. And I think it might be fun for us to jump into. So Twin and I were very aligned on most of the things like go out, have sex with other people. That's awesome. Pre-negotiate, pre-discuss it with your partner. That's awesome. Don't lie about it. It's all great, right? There was one question. Would you consider it cheating if someone that, you know, so if your partner went out and had sex with another partner that they had already pre-negotiated, like you knew about this partner, but they did some fluid bonding with this partner and you hadn't pre-negotiated or pre-discussed that with your current partner. Ooh, I liked that question too. And for those of you that are uninitiated, shall we say, fluid bonding just it's it's what it sounds like. You are swapping spit and other fluids. And um typically this is referred to, you know, more commonly would be like unprotected sex if you're giving oral to somebody because again, like oral still swapping fluids, you know, and sometimes for some relationships, especially if somebody has like a chronic health condition, you know, it's really important to 
understand and negotiate what those fluids could or could not do. See, and that's the exact example I was thinking about, Twin. Because if you have a partner who is immunocompromised and you go out and you have unprotected sex with other people without discussing it with your partner, you're putting yourself and your partner at risk. Like if you are single and you want to go out and have unprotected sex, well, you're only putting yourself at risk. But if you have an immunocompromised partner, now you're also putting them at risk too. Case in point, I'm immunocompromised. And I didn't realize this, but I was immunocompromised because I had severe endometriosis. We found out I had endometriosis because I had to go in and get a hysterectomy. I had to go in and get a hysterectomy because I was diagnosed with HPV that I, most people, by the way, who have sex will catch HPV. It is just one of those things. There are various strains of HPV. And unfortunately, I caught and could not fight off the strain that causes cervical cancer, ergo hysterectomy. So that is something that Tyr and I have to keep in mind for future partners is if we're swapping fluids, you know, there's, there's no test, right? Yeah. There's no test for men to have HPV. That is like hundred percent accurate. Like I could go into it. I'm not going to, it's a whole thing by itself. Right. But long story short, if I have HPV, there's a chance that tear is at least carrying it. So that is something that we are going to have to communicate to every single partner we have from here on out that we may swap fluids with in any way, shape or form. We have to educate them on that from now on for the rest of our lives, because it's not something that I'm going to be able to get rid of, even though I don't have my cervix or my uterus anymore, I still live with HPV. And so other partners that we have need to be informed of that so that they can make the choice for themselves and their partners and or their partners about whether or not that is a risk they are willing to take on. Absolutely. And, and even if we're planning on having protected sex with another partner, we're still going to have that conversation. In fact, we had that conversation recently. And I'm not you know, going to name any names, but we had other potential partners that we were going to be playing with for the first time. So we had to have that conversation, even if we're planning on wrapping things up and, and using all the things. It is our responsibility and yours, just people in general, right, to keep themselves and others that they play with or have a relationship with safe. And I think this is where a lot of those uh, feelings um, stem from when we were talking about cheating and ethical non-monogamy. There's that fear-based and that insecurity-based um behavior of people not wanting to take responsibility or not wanting to have a difficult conversation. So they just don't. And then they put other people at risk. And I don't understand that, especially if you are in the BDSM and kink world where you have to take responsibility for your own actions, your own boundaries, partner's boundaries. If you don't even have the stones to keep yourself safe, keep your loved ones safe. What are you even doing in either one of these worlds? Yes, gaga. <laughs> but yeah, you guys, we just, you know, we we didn't want to harp on this too long. We didn't want to make it its own whole episode because ultimately at the end of the day, it all culminates in cheating is bad. Lying is bad. Don't do that. Don't be that asshole. And really, uh, we know a lot of our listeners are not ethical, not, uh, ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous, right? We have a lot of people that are monogamous, and that's great because poly isn't for everyone. They listen to us in any relationship that you have. Lying is bad, all right? Twisting the truth, subverting the truth, hiding that truth 
from your partner and any kind of relationship is going to be a negative. Just don't do it. Now, all that together, though, like, we do hope that going forward, right, if you even if you aren't non monogamous, if you are a strictly monogamous person, if you are a non-monogamous person, if you are a non-sexual person, if you are ace, if you are whatever, if you are going into a relationship with another person, I truly hope, and no matter what kind of relationship it is, I truly, truly hope that what we can take away from all of this collectively is that we sit down as you know people interested in a relationship and have the conversation, what is cheating to you? what do you consider cheating? What do you consider a problem? And that needs to be one of those conversations, needs to be one of those conversations that you have very early on together. And if that, if those questions scare you or scare them and they don't answer, that is a huge red flag that you really need to sit down and evaluate and you need to sit down and evaluate their answers. That is a wonderful point. And that's actually my New Year's resolution is that people would stop being assholes and be more comfortable having those difficult conversations, right? Like stop hiding, have those uncomfortable conversations. If you're in a relationship where it's not uncomfortable or where it's not safe to have those conversations, that's not a healthy relationship. Get the fuck out of it. You you mean that you hope other people's fears resolution is that oh, i'm confused honey i love you so actually i don't make resolutions i've told twin this before and some of my friends know this at the beginning of the year right i write down like manifestations here's the things that i want to happen either in my in my world or in the world at large in this new year so i guess my you know resolution manifestation would be that the majority of the people stopped being assholes I love you so much. I mean, that's nihilist that I am. I'm just like, that's not going to happen. But, you know, hey, dear listener, if you could stop being an asshole to other people, that would be great. <laughs> not that we think you're assholes, but, you know, we all have our moments. Yeah, not you specifically. It's like that Fight Club quote, right? It's never your dildo. It's a dildo. We're not calling you an asshole. We're just saying assholes in general. Exactly. Even though I do have some really nice dildos. Oh, look, we were having that conversation on the live earlier today, Twin. Um, they were talking about, you know, everybody needs a sex toy. And people were saying they only have one. I'm like, look, it is 2023, the year of our Lord Dolly Parton. Not only do you need more than one sex toy, everyone deserves more than one sex toy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, financial restrictions aside, because that's something we need to keep in mind while our, our economy is slowly collapsing around us because Reaganomics didn't work and our parents refused to acknowledge it. So, you know, take into account your financial situation. Look, if you ever wanted a more clear-cut example of our two different personality types, <laughs> like the, the conversation we've been having for the last two minutes is, is exactly that. Yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> So that about brings us to the end of this episode. We sincerely appreciate you joining us uh, in this new year on the podcast, on the spicier than therapy. We have got so much fun and dope shit lined up for spicier than therapy this year. And we're not announcing all of it. It's going to be a surprise. But like, sincerely, we're, we're so happy that we get to do this in our spare time. And, and we actually get paid for this now, which is dope. Um, 
but really, you know, as we kind of ring in this 2023 new year, I cannot tell you how thankful both Twin and I are for each one of you that listens, for each one of you that engages with our content on social media, sends us emails, hops on the Discord, all of those things. Like, it means a lot to us. Absolutely. We are so incredibly grateful to each and every one of you who have listened, who've commented, who have emailed and talked to us, who have caught us out in the wild. You know, it. we are where we are and we are who we are because of you guys. And we love you all so much and we appreciate you. And we never want you to think that we take you for granted. Oh, and one more thing about catching us out in the wild. Oh, Jesus. I still don't understand why if somebody sees us out in the wild they don't come up and say hello so like we were out a couple of weeks ago in new orleans walking around getting some delicious food twin was doing a, a corset fitting in the lower garden district and i was just walking back and forth i love walking through the city and going into all the buildings and so i posted a video on tiktok and somebody was like I thought I saw you, that my friends and I recognized you walking down magazine. And I was like, why didn't you come up and say hello? Like, I super don't bite. I'm very approachable and very nice. Uh, I'm even more approachable than Twin. And she's super fucking approachable. How the fuck you gotta attack me like that? What the fuck? This is, this, is what we, this is what we mean when we talk about your tear rants. That was one of your tear rants, was just this girl. Look, I will whole ass go into another tear rant. Like, just throw out a random word, and I will rant for another three minutes. Like, throw out a random word. Goodbye. Right? See, I can go on and on about goodbye. <laughs> like, goodbyes and the nature of parting, uh, whether it be friends or family. Like, look, I can go on a rant about this. But I know what Twin was actually trying to say as we're ending this episode. So. Yeah, because I'm hungry. It's dinner time. As always. My darlings, my babies, my loves, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Give yourself grace, love, and patience. And go out and do some dope-ass shit in this year of 2023. Goodbye.